I am Coach Drew, this is Ball Court, and welcome to the world of basketball. And yes, we are in the era of small ball. Not to mention, teams are getting picked for the All-Star game. And we have some big things coming with the Lakers. Big news, right here on Ball Court. Hey, I'm Coach Drew, this is Ball Court, the world of basketball. And we are here today. This is going to be a shorter show because we want to touch base. And plus, as you can see, I have my nice cup of tea with me. The voice has been going back and forth. So I'm here to give you the news as quick as possible in the world of basketball. So let's start off with the Heat. Man, those trade things are going, they're going crazy right now. The trade rumors was up, but now we hit the trade deadline and things have been made final. Yes, the Heat was getting iggy with it. I'm telling you, let me tell you, they actually acquired Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill from the Memphis Grizzlies. This was a three-team trade. Big trade that was going on, going back and forth. So, let me tell you how it looks now. Just for you Heat fans out there, and basketball fans out there, this is what you are getting privy to see now in the East Coast. You now have a defensive-minded specialist, a three-time champion. Uh, he was at one time a, a, a centerpiece for the Philadelphia 76ers. You have this guy now in your locker room, and you still have Jimmy Butler, the killer, the guy that's going to keep on throwing it down your throat, game in and game out. I have to say, Absolutely amazing. Great trade. You got Jay Crowder over there now. He's a, he's a force in himself, a muscle man who's going to hold it down in the paint alongside Bam. It's going to be an absolute great show that we're going to see in Miami. I'm happy about it. I haven't been this happy about a Miami team since LeBron was there. And trust me, they've had some tough teams since. But I know everybody's wondering who got kicked out, who got sent packing. It's no surprise to anybody that Deion Waiters was one of the people who went. Yes, Deion Waiters actually did have to go, and he, along with Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow was one that we actually thought there was going to be more from him over there in Miami. This, this young guy coming up, he was playing. He showed a lot of promise, but... I feel that he's actually going to work better with Memphis. So congratulations, Justice. I'm glad that you're over there. Now, another person that was involved in this trade was Gorgie Dang. You know, Gorgie Dang from the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, he's actually heading over. Actually, Gorgie Dang from the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, he's actually going to be, you know, he was involved in the trade as well. He's going to be heading over to, um, he's going to be heading over to Memphis. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Memphis is actually going to have a good-looking team. You know, with Gorgie Dang over there, that's going to be a good-looking team. And Justice Winslow, I see them not this year. I'm not going to say this year is going to be an automatic success, but I see them in the years to come being a threat. And so, definitely, let's keep our eyes open. We kind of want to get those days of Zebo, you know, the Zebo Gasol days. Remember? that we could bring that back to Memphis. And I could see something of that nature. 
Now, the Timberwolves did not walk away in this. Uh, they were empty-handed. They actually received Johnson from Miami, so that was a good little plus right there. Now, I can tell you right now, these trade things has been heating up all over the place. And, of course, when we speak about trades, we cannot talk, say anything without us talking about Cleveland. Yes, Cleveland. Every time Cleveland does a trade, everybody goes watching because we know about, you know, that one time where the heart was filled and then broken and then filled again. So we always want to know how, we always want to check the temperature on Cleveland, see how they're doing. And I think day one in this trade, they got Andre Drummond. Now, we all know Andre Drummond has been the cornerstone of the Pistons. So we could clearly see that the Pistons are changing things up a little bit. They're going in a different direction. And we, are, we can understand that. We can appreciate it. But it still hurt nonetheless. Andre Drummond gave his heart and soul in his eight-year career with the Pistons and gave everything to them to get traded to the Cavs. Now, a couple months ago, that trade in itself could seem like a bad thing for Andre Drummond. But, but it, it kind of works out for both teams. Brandon Knight is going to be going over to Detroit. Uh, John Henson will be going over to Detroit. Detroit's also going to get Golden State's 2023 second round pick. Now, 2023, that pick may not be as favorable because let's take a look at it. Steph Curry's eventually going to come back and they had some big trades taking place over in Golden State in itself. So that pick may not be that favorable, but they still got that pick. Anything can happen. Injury bug hits Golden State again. That 2023 pick, second round pick, becomes super valuable. You know, now during the time that Drummond was with Detroit, you know, he has ninth pick out. He has the ninth pick out of UConn. He came out there eight years with Detroit. He had two. He had a two-time All Star. He did exactly what he could do. I feel that nowadays, with everybody running away from the big man, and we're now in the small ball era. I feel like when they sent him to Cleveland, they didn't think that he'll be able to produce. I personally feel Cleveland's style of play is going to be great for Andre Drummond. And he is definitely going to be able to produce with that because you have big men that stretch the floor and that's going to allow him to get the points that he wants. And when I say speak of big men that stretch the floor, I'm talking about Kevin Love. All right. So let's jump on to the next topic. You know, when I told you that there was some big things going on in Golden State, I tell you that there was some big things going on in Golden State. They made a trade. A big, big trade. Yes. Matter of fact, Wolves made a trade on D'Lo. Let me go ahead and break it down what I mean by that. Yes. The Wolves traded for D'Angelo Russell. Anybody who's a fan of the Timberwolves know that Carl Anthony's Towns has a huge bromance with D'Angelo Russell. And finally, the energy of the world has came together and brought them back together again. And now they are going to be playing together side by side in Minnesota. As a matter of fact, Carl Anthony Towns went out to Minnesota or went, met him in the, uh, at the airport in Minnesota when D'Angelo Russell was flying in. And they gave him a hero's welcome as they welcomed him into Minnesota as if he was LeBron James. Let me ask you a question. How, what do you believe that Minnesota would actually receive for this? Because 
the Wolves also got Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman as well. And um, Golden State got Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, which is pretty much a phenomenal wing with a great amount of potential. The problem with Andrew Wiggins is that we've been waiting to see that potential for so long. Since he's came into the league, everybody's talked about, man, he got some great potential. He got some great potential. But we feel like we've been lied to or conned because we haven't seen it on that uh, full level. I feel with him being in Golden State, we are now going to have that ability to see it, especially once they get their two shooters back with Klay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry. This is definitely going to be something that uh, we're definitely going to want to see. I'm excited about it. I'm so excited to see Andrew Wiggins in that uh, Golden State jersey. That's why I say that Golden State has some big things moving. Now, the Timberwolves, and I just want to go ahead and let you know, here's what you're getting with D'Angelo Russell. You're getting a 43.1 field goal percentage. But you're getting a 37.4 three-point percentage as well. So he has the ability to shoot the three and move the ball with 6.2 assists per game this year. So I feel that you're going to get something in what you're looking for, somebody who's going to play that uh, that two-star role with Carl Anthony Towns and make him feel a little bit more comfortable. But at a certain point, we have to stop blaming and pointing fingers. Yes, Minnesota, we have to stop blaming and pointing fingers. It can't be everybody else's issue why it's not working. The star has to step up and has to make it work. Yes, yes, yes. As I told you in the promo, as I told you in the tease that we've been waiting for this, the saga of Brody and the Beard. And yes, we have a new chapter of Brody and the Beard. It is now the small ball era. Now in the small ball era, things are going to be a little bit different. You have different kind of style of play, faster, quicker. And what do you know what I mean about the small ball era? Clint Capella has been traded for Robert Covington, and Robert Covington looked absolutely great in that first game. That small ball game was absolutely amazing. Can anybody get, get a word on that? Yes, it was amazing. I will tell you that right now. Brody came out and did what Brody does. He took it right to the Lakers. I'm a huge Lakers fan. In that first game in the small ball era, people had to believe that it was going to work. What kind of team do you want to test that small ball against other than a dominating team like the Lakers? You got bigs all over the place. You got Anthony Davis. You got Dwight Howard. You got JaVale McGee. Man, even their bench got bigs in, in, uh, in Cousins. You got bigs everywhere. But... They went in there, and they fought, and they actually came out with a convincing win, a 10-point win, 121 to 111. And out of that 121 that they scored, Brody had 41 points. But the question is, how much did the Bear have? He only had 14, but that's okay, because he went 14, 7, and 7. You know, he was moving the ball well. He was grabbing rebounds. He has contributed. But in the small ball era, the ball moves a lot quicker. It's not set up by just one person. So this way they can hone in on you. I liked what I saw. But as a Lakers fan, I got to go ahead and tell you the truth. When it's surprising, just like every team during the uh, 40s and 50s that played football, when they first saw the blitz, it was surprising. It's like, whoa, what is this? Or like a couple years ago or about 10 years ago or so, five, 10 years ago, where they started seeing the spread offense in, uh, in, in pro football. Everybody's like, whoa, what is this? But once they learned it, once they got experience, once they had tape on it, 
it made it a little bit more difficult to achieve gimmick style plays like that. I think this small ball era is going to be great for the regular season. I don't believe that you're going to be able to take a team like the Lakers four games playing in that fashion. You're going to be out-rebounded. You're just going to be tired. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. When I played being only 6'2", when I played playing against bigger guys, you just get tired. Just bumping bodies and leaning on them over and over again. You're going to get tired. And four games of doing that, don't get me wrong, Brody's, Brody got some weight up there in that chest, but I'm just saying it's going to be tough. So I'm saying I, I love the experiment. It looked great. I just don't feel that we have a big enough sample size to think that the small ball era is going to work. But if anybody's going to make it work, it would be Brody and the beer. Oh, also, LeBron beasted out. He had 15, he had 15 assists in that game. He had 18 points, but he had 15 assists. And I think that that was, in itself, absolutely amazing, I must say. You know? Now, I know what you're thinking. How come I didn't start the show talking about the Lakers? How did I wait till now to even bring up the Lakers? What am I doing? Are they moving me from the West Coast? Are they, are they switching me over to Houston? What's going on? No. No, that is not the case, and I want everybody to remain calm. I will still be here on the West Coast, and I'm going to be talking about the Lakers right now. The Lakers did not do anything during the trade. They were very quiet during this trade. You know, they kept, they kept to themselves. They're looking at free agent prospects. You know, J.R. Smith, Darren Collison, things of that nature. And you can see along the lines that they're looking for a veteran guard who can produce. So... Darren Collison went ahead and announced today that he will no longer be seeking return to the NBA. So that just leaves J.R. Smith on the table. So I ask you, and that brings me to this week's segment of why is it J.R. <laughs> J. Crawford signed? I need to know this. With J.R. Smith as your sole option, and you need a guard that can score and control the floor and put all points for that second team, that second unit. When LeBron is off the floor, you are the worst team in scoring when LeBron's not there. He's passing the ball. He's scoring the ball. He's grabbing rebounds. I, at one point, I thought he was coaching. You know what I'm saying? He even, I think he led the dance team, the Laker girls out there, for a good little bit during halftime. I'm not too sure. We're still getting word on that right now. But, I can tell you for sure they need help. He needs a little bit more. Why isn't Jay Crawford signed? Somebody got to look into this. Last time Jay Crawford, I was reading a tweet this morning. Last time Jay Crawford played, he dropped 50 on Dirk's game out. But he's not back yet. I know he's in shape. I know he's in shape. Ballers like that is in shape. You saw him in the Drew League over the summer. He, was, he had one guy run to him, turn around, do a 360, and run back. He didn't know which way he was going. He didn't know if he was going or coming. He thought he was on offense when he was on defense and vice versa. It was absolutely sad. But why isn't Jay Crawford signed? I want you to go ahead and ponder that. I'm going to take a break. This is Ball Court, the world of basketball. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, 
This is the world of basketball. As you can see, the tea is helping. My voice is coming back. But guess what? Guess who else is coming back? Yes, Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. We have another, we have another year of the annual face-off in the All-Star game. And Team LeBron, of course, did not disappoint. The team that he picked, it was him, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden as his starters. Now, you have Dame Lillard, uh, Ben Simmons, Jokic, and Tatum coming off the bench, along with Chris Paul, Westbrook, and Sabonis. So, hands down, he went together, he put together quite a good squad. Now, they're going to be going against some bigs. This, this team is a very long team and a very lengthy team that they're going to be playing against. It's going to have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam. Yes, P. Murder. He's going to be doing it. Coming out of Toronto, coming for y'all. Got Kemba Walker and Trey Young. So, you have absolute stars. I'm talking stars on that team. Along with a bench of Chris Middleton, Bam Abadeo out of Miami doing his thing, and Rudy Gobert, Kyle Lowry, and of course, Brandon Ingram and Donovan Mitchell. It rounds out a healthy, healthy game. With the new rules that's going to apply to this All-Star game, this is going to be something that I definitely want to see. Is length going to beat speed? Is shots going to beat assists? How is it going to work out? But we'll all find out at the All-Star game this weekend. All right. So the reason why I had that in our segment for World of Basketball because basketball has grown into be a global game. So one of the things that we all celebrate during the time of basketball is that All-Star game. It is something that we've, we bring in people from all around the world. Everybody is watching. The stars perform. So I want to incorporate that into what's taking place in the world of basketball. I need everybody to start watching the NBL. Yes, they're in the, this is round 19. They're approaching that final round of the NBL 20. And this has been heating up. If you haven't been watching, see, the tapings, they were struggling. They didn't know if they were going to actually make it into that final round. And boy, did they walk in there with style. The tapings beat the 36ers, 99-80. to 80. And how did they do it, mind you ask? It was a young man named Cam Oliver. He dropped 31 points, had 11 rebounds, and two blocks. He was literally beasting. He did everything he can to take that team to the next level, and they are there. And if you are not watching the NBL, that means you are missing out on some great basketball. Let me tell you, the uh, Sydney Kings, and I know you heard me bring the Sydney Kings up before, they're a very dominating team. And they got pushed to the limit by, uh, by their rivals, the uh, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. They pushed them to their limit. They went into overtime. The Kings barely scraped by, 99 to 96. Now, the fact that they even got pushed into overtime with that comeback by the Phoenix, it was amazing enough. But the fact that while they were in there, they were able to keep fighting and keep going. I know it is hard to push a rock up the hill and catch somebody who's halfway up the hill. And then to keep on pushing that rock while you fighting to be the first person up that hill, it's going to be even more difficult. They stepped in there and kept that fight going to leave it to a three-point buzzer beater to win the game. Man, I'm going to tell you, 
If you are not focused on the NBL 20, you are doing things wrong. You're missing out this year. This year, you're gonna, you're gonna, things are going to blow by you. All right? Next thing I want to go ahead and jump into, I want to bring us to our next segment. I know it's been a lot quicker of a show this week. I told you it's a shortened show. But it brings me to our next segment, Ladies First. Yes, I want to go ahead and talk about a couple ladies that made this segment. First is Angel McCartry. Angel McCartry um, has not decided where she's going to be landing yet. In free agency, she's taking her time checking things out. Some of the top places that is looking at her is Sparks and, of course, my Las Vegas Aces. I'm hoping the Aces do pick her up because, hands down, she is one of the better players in, in the league as well as uh, that's on the table right now, you know? But speaking of great players on the table, we have Dewana Bonner who's talking about that she, does, she may not be going back to the Mercury. So this may be another asset for the uh, Las Vegas Aces to pick up. So I think that this is something that is uh, very positive for them. All right. And I want to go ahead and give a personal shout out to Gigi Bryant's school that retired her jersey in an amazing ceremony this past week. Yes. In a, in, in a sign of class and a sign of, uh, 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 a, a sign of remembrance. They went ahead and retired the number two. So no one at that school is going to wear a number two jersey moving forward. I feel on a whole, women's sports should retire the number two. That should no longer be worn by any female athlete on any level. And if it is worn by the female athlete on any level, she must be the captain of the team. Similar to Pele's uh, number 10 in soccer. I just feel that way. I feel that would be the best way to remember them. But I definitely want to thank their school. They, that, that was an amazing tribute. If you get a chance, go to Vanessa Bryant's uh, Instagram, and you will be able to see a full video of that ceremony. It was an absolute beautiful ceremony. All right. I want to jump over to college hoops. The reason I'm going to Oregon first, I want to talk about Oregon. They matched up against UConn. Number three, Oregon played against uh, number four, UConn. Don't get me wrong. It was a great game. Absolute fabulous game. But that's not what we're going to talk about right now. I want to touch base on the fact of the meaning behind that game. We all know that uh, Ionescu was very close to Kobe Bryant. And we all knew that UConn was Gigi Bryant's destination. That's the school of her choice. She watched that school. She was a huge fan, and she vowed that she will be in that locker room one day as a player. So this game had a lot of emotional meaning to me and friends of mine that were watching it. Don't get me wrong. It was a 74-56 game. It was by no means a close game or a barn burner that we hoped it to be. Uh, Ionescu didn't even... uh, Onescu didn't even do what I felt that she could do. She had only 19 points and uh, nine assists and nine rebounds, kept falling falling short of her you know standard triple doubles. Also, she didn't even play on that level that you think to yourself like, man, she they killed them. But what made it amazing? What made that game so amazing was I knew as well as everybody in the stadium, everybody watching, they knew 
that Kobe and Gigi was sitting there watching their friends, their family, their people play. And that was very special to me. And on that note, we're going to go and uh, go ahead and end the ladies first uh, segment. I think that's a great way to do it. You know, end it with Gigi and a beautiful game that they played. Um, that, matter of fact, it was a great game. I loved it. Uh, um, next segment is a segment that I haven't done in a while. And you think to yourself, why haven't you done it? What could have been the reason that prevented you from doing this segment? It's Shady or Genius, and it's back. Yes. The reason why is because everybody's been kind of under the table and moving kind of up front. But on today's Shady or Genius, we're going to talk about Waving Dion. Yes, Dion Waiters, as I reported earlier, was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, but later on waived. And you stop and think to yourself, uh, with the things that were taking place with Dion Waiters and my last Shady or Genius, when we were talking about how he was acting over in Miami with teams that was detrimental, I mean, with actions that was detrimental to the team, we stopped and we thought to ourselves, they're going to trade him eventually. But of course, Memphis said, we don't even want that problem. Now, just to go ahead and give you a refresher of what I'm speaking about, uh... This season has been a tumultuous season for Deion Waiters. He was injured, and that happens. But he also was uh, suspended from the team after he had taken, the Miami Heat at least, after he had taken a edible aboard the team plane and, and had a uh, bad reaction to it. You know, it was sort of a bad trip in a way. So he was suspended for that. After he returned, he stated that he was sick, and so he had to miss a game. And yeah, we all, I, I understand. I've been sick too. I have to miss work. As a matter of fact, we're doing a shortened show because of my voice. I can understand, but turns out he wasn't that sick. He was celebrating his 28th birthday bowling. See, here it is. Here's my thought process behind it. Regardless of what your job is, and mind you, he signed a very healthy contract in the offseason. But regardless of what your job is, you have to be dedicated to your job. Now, the reason why he's featured on Shady or Genius this week is because his actions, he thought, could get him out of Miami with that contract. It did get him out of Miami, and guess what? The contract remains. As a matter of fact, He's being waived and he still will be paid for the rest of this year and next, which allows him to have the free agency to go anywhere he wants. And of course, there's rumors coming around saying that he will be at the Lakers. This worries me a little bit, being for the fact that before he was paid, he played like a man who was dying to get paid. He played like he was willing to give everything he had to the team if they needed it. Now, if he comes to the Lakers, I would love that to be the case. But at the same point in time, THC edibles are legal here in L.A. So I would hate for him to freak out being in one of our locker rooms. So my thought process is it was absolute genius of him to behave the way he did because he's still getting paid $12 million to sit at home. Now, it was kind of shady the way he went about it. 
Because how could you trust him going forward? How could you invest that money and not think that you're going to get anything out of it? What did Pat Riley get out of Deion Waiters this year? Except a locker room in, that was starting to get torn apart. But you got Jimmy Butler in there. He won't let that happen. But other than that, if you didn't have a Jimmy Butler, that locker room would have been gone because of him. So Jimmy Butler only plays for one team. So where would you send Deion Waiters? That's a question that hopefully we can get answered by the next Shady or Genius. What's going to happen to Deion Waiters? That would be awesome to figure out. Now, I want to go ahead and jump into the final segment. Yeah, let's kick it. Let's kick it. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. All right. On this, let's kick it. Yes, we're going to go ahead and talk about some things that are coming out. As you all know that I'm a fan of the Nike Air Force Ones, and the Nike Air Force One City of Dreams will be releasing on the 10th of February, and these are absolute flame. I love the fact of the color pattern, the nice, uh, the nice beige to give it kind of that hint of that uh, camouflage that's going on on the toe, but the, but the thing I like about it is the gum sole. The gum sole give it that authentic Air Force One look, and I absolutely love that about it. You know, but I got to go ahead and give a shout out for the ladies because the next one is going to be for you. Yes, the Nike Air Max 95 women's will be coming out with the football gray and saffron shoe. I'm telling you, that colorway is hands down. I'm jealous. I'm jealous that their colorway only came out for women because that is hands down one of the best colorways that I have seen from the Air Max 95 in the release over the last couple of years. And I think that any female should have that. So if you have not purchased your Valentine's Day gift, you are out of luck because you're gonna need to go get that. These are a buck seventy at the retail. It's already out right now, so you could you could definitely run and pick it up. But if you haven't done it, you might be safe. Might be. That's all I can tell you. You might be safe. Now the Chinese New Year is upon us. Everybody's been releasing their Chinese New Year shoe. And, of course, Air Jordans are no different. They've released few Chinese New Year shoes, but the one that we are talking about today is the Air Jordan 1 Low. I love it. This is the great, this is a perfect shoe to wear with just black jeans and a hoodie and just you heading out just for the night. Throw these on. You still look classy. You could dress it up, throw a dress shirt and a sports jacket over and still look classy. These are hands down one of the most versatile shoes. I love the little rolls on the side of it. I think that it would, uh, it, it plays into how you feel with it. You know what I'm saying? You've got that cool feel, but still it has that macho-ness. It's kind of like it's little tattoo in a way, you know? And, but these are, those are the kicks for Let's Kick It. I tell you, we got some nice ones this week, right? And I'm going to go ahead and leave you with, before, I, before we go jump into the plug walk, I just want to leave you with a word from the coach. Quick little word. It's about practice. Yes. Kobe Bryant once said, it's not about the number of hours you practice. It's about the number of hours your mind is present during the practice. In all walks of life, in order for us to be great, we have to be dedicated to what we're doing. Now, as a basketball coach, I say this phrase every day. Practice how you play. Practice how you play. 
we use it on the floor, we use it at practice, we use it with the girls that we work with. But not many of us use it in our life. We practice, we practice to be not great people. In times of sorrow, people will tend to bring up the ugliness about others instead of reminding everyone the greatness. Help mend those that are in sorrow. This practice is something that we have to work on. This is something that we as a people and as a, as a society have to embellish. Others hurt. We may not know why they hurt. We may not understand it. But for whatever reason, others hurt. The reason I bring up this topic is because a few weeks ago, we lost a legend of basketball. We lost eight other great people in the basketball community. We lost a coach in the baseball community. We lost some three great upcoming stars and the parents that supported them. Not to mention in Coach Mauser, we lost in Coach Mauser, we lost a great women's coach, a great development, a great strategist. And most importantly, we lost Kobe Bryant a library, uh, an encyclopedia of basketball knowledge that could be passed down from one person to the next in just his words and his stories and how he spoke of the game. But in the midst of all that pain and that hurt, people decided instead of helping others celebrate, instead of just allowing others to celebrate his life and mourn his death, they decided to throw shame on his name. We all know what he was accused of in 2003 and acquitted of in 2003. But at the time of his death, people chose that to be the time for them to bring it up. I bring this to you as a word from the coach. Let's practice how we play. Let's practice to be the great humans and the great people we want to be, that we demonstrate to be. Let's not pretend to be those people, because when we speak high and mighty of others' faults and others' wrongdoing, you speak as if there is no fault upon you and there is no wrongdoing of your own. We are not here to judge. We are here to practice and to be the best humans we can be. And that's a word from the coach. I'm Coach Drew. I want you to take a look. Sit around. This is our sponsor, CashToChecking.com. Check them out. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. We also provide 100% financing on fix and flips if you can qualify. We do not offer credit cards or lines of credit, which can later be revoked. Our loans are funded solely in cash to our borrowers in five to seven days. There are no prepayment penalties and no collateral requirement. Leverage our expertise to obtain fast approvals no upfront costs, and affordable payments with cash going straight to your checking. So what are you waiting for? 
Let Cash to Checking make that next deposit to help with your funding needs. Visit us online at cashtochecking.com or call 310-987-0824 to start your funding today. That was cashtochecking.com. Check them out, cashtochecking.com slash Drew. Stop living their dreams, start living your own. I want to thank everybody who made this possible, cwnsports.com. Y'all keep on doing your thing. And I want you to go ahead and check out our other shows. Let's Kick It, Blitz Magazine. Malik's over there, man, he's so funny. I love him. And wake up, please, and go ahead and check out the Sean Harvey Morning Show. You can find all of our great content right at cwnsports.com and on Radio 1. Me, I'm Coach Drew. This is Ball Court, and thank you for sitting with me in the world of basketball. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.